In a world that often feels overwhelming and discouraging, discover encouraging words for a discouraging world. Ten Biblical Promises to Bring Comfort in Chaos, a new book by Dr. David Jeremiah. You'll discover how to face your circumstances with unwavering confidence and hope. Yours for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a gift of $70 or more, Dr. Jeremiah will send you his comprehensive Encouraging Word set. Request these resources at davidjeremiah.ca. Giving your life to Christ doesn't exempt you from life's problems, but it does give you hope, which makes the problems less painful. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares more from 1 Peter on the difference hope can make as he wraps up the series, Encouraging Words for Discouraging Times. With the conclusion of his message, God is your anchor in times like these, here's David. And thank you so much for joining us today. I want to make sure that on this last day of the first month, I remind you again that in July of this current year, we're going to Alaska, July 13th through the 20th. We'll be on Holland America's Eurodam with um, musical guest Michael Sanchez and Uriel Vega and special sports guests Tony Dungy and James Brown. We'll also have Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network and David Todd Jeremiah, who will be doing devotions for us every day. And, uh, oh, I'm coming too. And Donna and all of our family. And we're going to have a wonderful time. We hope you'll sign up to go with us. This is one of the most beautiful places you can ever go. It's totally safe. It's a wonderful thing to do. We've had to cancel some things we had planned to do this year. Our trip to Israel got taken off the schedule because of the turmoil over there right now. But the Alaska cruise is ready to go, and I think we're going to have a great time together. I think we'll have a lot of people with us, and we're going to have some some wonderful times of discussion with these sports guys and um, and the wonderful music, and I'll be teaching the Word of God. And So if you want to go with us, you need to go find out about it at davidjeremiah.org and make sure you get registered and plan to make this one of your goals for the new year. All right, friends, here we go. This is... Part 2 of God is Your Anchor in Times Like These. Where do we find hope for the kinds of problems that seem so prevalent in all of our lives? No matter how dark the situation in our lives might become, our hope is anchored in Jesus Christ and in His power over death. And Paul told the Corinthian believers, that if that were not true, then we don't have any faith and we're still in our sin and we are hopeless. The reality of all of this came home to me when I read an article written by somebody who is a friend. She's quite a well-known personality in the Christian world. And many of you have heard her short radio program, read her books, heard her singing. Uh, she is a woman who is not a stranger to tragedy and difficulty. Her name is Johnny Erickson Tata. And I will never forget going out to eat with her, with our family, while my oldest daughter, Jan, had the privilege of feeding Johnny because she could not feed herself. And I read an experience that she tells about in an article she wrote for a Christian magazine about being in her office one day and turning to her secretary, Francie, and saying, Francie, you have to pull the daybed out again. To make a long story short, because her body is paralyzed and she can't feel pain, the only way she knows when something's wrong is she begins to get a temperature 
and her blood pressure goes up and she has an intuitive sensation that something's wrong and oftentimes it's because she has uh, punctured her body with something or she's rubbed against something and caused a bruise or a pain and so sometimes when that happens and she doesn't know what to do she has to have her secretary totally undress her and examine her body to see if there's anything that's happened because she has no sense of feeling she said she was in the midst of one of those things like that that happened three or four times a month and she remembered looking up to the ceiling and saying out loud God I resign from this paralysis I resign from this pain some of you have been there and she said as Francie was leaving the office that day she kind of left and then stuck her head back in the door and said Johnny I bet you'll be glad when the resurrection comes Johnny said all of a sudden my eyes were filled with tears again as I began to realize that hope which was in my heart that someday just as Jesus came back from the dead he has promised that we too are going to come out of our graves and if he comes before we die we're going to be caught up together to be with him and then our bodies are going to be changed into the likeness of his resurrection body and we will be perfect and whole and without pain and without paralysis and without hurt and she said that hope began to revive my spirit and she said where there was sadness it wasn't long before there was a song you see this isn't just pie in the sky by and by this isn't just a blue sky hope that we paint out into the future that if we just believe hard enough things will get better no this is not hope so hope this is no so hope this is knowing a person who has done what no one else has ever done and by virtue of having done that has laid claim to our faith and who says to us, listen now, if I came out of the grave victorious over death and you put your trust in me, you can have that same victory not only over death but in your life day by day. How sure is our hope? Look down at your Bibles and notice what Peter says in verse 4. He says this hope is incorruptible. It's undefiled, doesn't fade away, and it's reserved in heaven for you. Do you know what? As I read that verse, all I could think about was that those four things kind of attack all of the earthly hopes in which people place their faith. What's wrong with putting your faith in human things? Have you ever noticed how disappointing placing your faith in human things can be? I must confess to you that over my life, I have caught myself getting my hopes wrapped up a lot in various professional athletic teams. But when I was a student at Dallas Seminary, I got caught up in the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, really caught up in them. I went to their Tuesday luncheons. I read every sports page about what was going on. I knew everything that was happening with every player. <laughs> Lived and died with their games. I, I remember a time when they were playing a very important playoff game and for some reason the stadium in Dallas wasn't sold out so the game was blacked out in the city. Believe it or not, my wife and I drove to Oklahoma and checked into a motel so we could watch their game. I mean, that's how committed I was. She'll tell you that's the truth. And in the early days of our family when our children were real small and I got my turn to cradle the children, Donna finally made me quit holding them during a the football game because I almost threw a couple of touchdowns with a couple of my kids. I mean, it's, it was like that. <laughs> All wrapped up. And you know, I remember several years 
when I was just so wrapped up in them and followed them all the way through and they got right to the precipice of the ultimate and then they lost and I would be depressed and you know what really struck me as strange when they finally won it still left me empty oh I was glad but what now and it's kind of a little parable in my own life of how easy it is for us to get ourselves all wrapped up in the things that can never really truly reward us for having placed our hope in them. And you know, I'm not for a moment suggesting that we shouldn't put our hope in one another and we shouldn't trust in one another and that our bonding together in family shouldn't be strong. But there is a hope that's even beyond that and more important than that, and that is a hope that we place in the eternal God through his son, Jesus Christ. And notice what he says. That hope won't die. That hope won't decay. That hope won't deteriorate. That hope cannot be destroyed. That hope is there for you in the person of Jesus Christ because he is eternal. If your hope is in him, your hope is eternal. That's why, men and women, there's such a difference in the way Christian people respond to life if they're walking with God. That's why we can handle the challenges that come our way and we may reel from the pressure, but down inside there is a quiet confidence that this too shall pass and if it doesn't, it just gets better. Well, you say, Pastor Jeremiah, that's all well and good and I'm glad about the future and that's going to be wonderful someday when we see the Lord and our hope is realized in a personal fellowship and relationship with him. But I have to face next week. <laughs> I have to go back to that job that's terrorizing me, back into that home situation which has got me frantic, back into the realization of this disease which we can't get control of. How is my relationship with Jesus Christ and my hope about the future and eternity with him going to make any difference in my life now? Well, just look at what Peter says in verse 5. He says, we who have our hope in Christ are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now watch carefully. Here is the interplay in this chapter. Peter, first of all, says that God has given us a hope that is secure. It's steadfast. It's not ever going to be touched. It's beyond decay, destruction. It can't anything happen to it. And then in the very next verse, he says, and oh, by the way, I am committed to keeping you on your way to the full realization of that hope. Here's the wonderful promise of the chapter, a hope that is secure for us in our personal relationship and eternal walk with God and a day-by-day -day guarantee that in the process of our going to that ultimate realization of hope he is going to keep us in the process in fact the word kept in the fifth verse one of the strongest words in the New Testament it means literally to be garrisoned about by an army he says here you are with your hope in Christ you fixed your eyes upon him. You believe he came out of the grave. You've trusted him. And you believe that someday you too are going to live for eternity because you put your trust in him. But all the way along as you walk with him, he's promised to keep you and help you every day. It's no wonder 
that many have written about the relationship between our eternal hope and our day-by-day relationship with problems and difficulties. C.S. Lewis once said it this way. He said, if you aim at heaven, you will get earth thrown in. But if you aim at earth, you will get neither one. And that is a powerful truth. What he's saying is this. If you don't get heaven straight, you won't get there. But in the process of not getting there, you won't have anything worth living for down here. Because it's only as you get your anchor fixed in eternity that you begin to have some stability for life every day. Oh, you're going to have the same kinds of problems. You're going to have the same bumps along the way. But there's a difference. In fact, even the problems begin to make sense. Notice what he says in verse 6. He says, even in this you greatly rejoice. Now watch how honest Peter is. You greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, is tested by fire and may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I like the Bible because it's so honest. You know, Peter isn't giving us some... PMA stuff, positive mental attitude. He's not saying just get your hope up and everything's going to be all right. He's not saying if you put your trust in Christ, your problems will all go away. He says, put your hope in the Lord and get ready for some challenges. There are going to be manifest trials in your life that will buffet you. But even in the process of the trials, God has a purpose. A Scottish theologian by the name of Samuel Rutherford explains the purpose of these problems we face in the midst of our life of hope. Listen carefully. The language may be Old English, but the truth is very important. Here's what he said. If God had told me some time ago that he was about to make me as happy as I could be in this world, and then had told me that he should begin by crippling me in arm or limb or removing me from all my usual sources of enjoyment, I should have thought it a very strange mode of accomplishing his purpose. And yet, wrote Rutherford, how is his wisdom manifest even in this? For if you should see a man shut up in a dark room, idolizing a set of lamps and rejoicing in their light, and you wish to make him truly happy, you would begin by blowing out all of his lamps and then throw open the shutters to let in the light of heaven. Johnny Erickson read those words by Samuel Rutherford and added her postscript, and this is what she said. That's exactly what God did for me. When he sent a broken neck my way, he blew out the lamps in my life that lit up my here and now so captivatingly. And the dark despair of my paralysis wasn't much fun, but it sure made those resurrection promises come alive. And one day when Jesus comes back, probably when I'm in the middle of lying on my office sofa for the umpteenth time, God will throw open heaven's shutters. I have no doubt I'll be more ready for it then than I would have been if I were on my feet. Do you hear what she's saying? Even the problems we face along the way in life that challenge us, those kind of things, when they happen to a believer... Only make that believer appreciate even more 
what it's going to be like when we know and see the Lord. As the lamps sometimes are put out, the glory of the wonderful light of our Savior becomes even more precious to us. Someone has said that we as believers don't get by without the hurts. But there's a vast difference in the way that we process these difficulties. We often have great heaviness in our lives. I've had that in my life and you have in yours. Having hope in Christ doesn't mean you just kind of sail on through life and never hit any bumps. If you have somebody tell you that, they're not living in the real world. I mean, they're probably on something. I don't know. Nobody gets through life without bumps. We all have heaviness. But here's the difference, and this is the best way I can say it. For a Christian, he has superficial sorrow and central gladness. For an unbeliever, he has superficial gladness and central sorrow. That is the truth. Let me say it again. For a believer, for a person who's put his hope in Christ, what he has is he has central gladness in the core of who he is. There's joy and gladness, and he has sometimes superficial sorrow. He's touched by all the things that all men are touched with. But for a person who doesn't know Christ, who doesn't have hope in God, he has central sorrow and superficial gladness. He will do anything to stoke the fires of his superficial gladness. So he runs from one thing to the other, trying to keep the outward exterior alive for a moment to take away some of the pain. Uh, Someone has said a busy life is the anesthesia we use to deaden the pain of an empty life. But when he's alone with the realization of where he is, there is a central sadness. Jesus Christ wants to come and just reverse all of that for you. He wants to take that which is central to your life that is sad and put joy there. And he will do it through the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. One of my favorite people in the world of music is Bill Gaither. And he and his wife, Gloria, have given us a great heritage in much of the modern hymnody that we enjoy. We used to get together with them on occasion when we lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana. They live in Alexandria. They're wonderful, warm-hearted people who love the Lord with all of their hearts. Bill Gaither tells that back in the early 60s, he and Gloria were going through some really difficult days. He had just come through a bout with mononucleosis. Gloria was kind of in a mild depression of sorts. They were ready to have a child, and she looked around at a world that, you know, remember what the 60s were like. If you think things are in turmoil now, the 60s were some pretty difficult days. I remember in Fort Wayne as a pastor of a church being told one night by the police that they were marching toward our building, and we had to send everybody home. And I, as a kind of foolish, stayed there in the building when I heard that the March was coming our way. Those memories are still very much with me. The 60s were difficult days. And Gloria said she was filled with despair because here was this child coming into the world and she thought, what kind of people are we to bring a child into this kind of a world? I've heard people say that 
in recent days in this fellowship. I feel badly, they've said, for children who are being born into this generation when I think of the things they're going to face. Well, she was just overcome with that. And she said one day she was in her little study and just all quiet and waiting before the Lord. And she said the Spirit of God began to move upon her heart. And it was this central message of hope in the risen Christ that he impressed upon her and began to help her understand that life always conquers death if life is in Christ. And she said she began to realize this principle of life conquering death, not someday, but even now. That if our faith is in the living Christ, that faith in the living Christ is able to conquer the feelings of discouragement and depression that we may face with all of the challenges of everyday life. She said she was so overcome with that, she couldn't help but began to express it. And of course, she expressed it in the lyrics of a song that has become very precious to all of us. It goes like this, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living. Just because he lives. And the second verse of that little hymn she wrote, you will now understand. For she wrote these words, how sweet to hold our newborn baby. And feel the pride and the joy that he gives. But greater still the calm assurance our child can face uncertain days because he lives. And that's the truth. She said after the song was written one day, Bill's father, who was a very interesting man, came to Alexandria to visit them and came into the office building where Gloria was and said, hey, get Bill and come out here. I got something to show you. Just a few days before that, they had resurfaced the entire parking lot at this music company. They'd come in with stone and laid down a bed of stone and then rolled it out hard. Then they'd come in with pea gravel and put it on top of the stone and rolled it out hard. And then they'd come in and poured hot molten asphalt on top and let it run all down in the stone. And then they'd rolled it and put another layer on and rolled it. And this had happened a few months before, and Bill had come now to visit them, and, and he said, come here, I want you to see something. And he took him out in the middle of the parking lot, out to where the parking lot had been completed, and he said, look at that. And sure enough, right up through the rock, right up through the pea gravel, right up through the molten asphalt that had been rolled over and over again was a green shoot that had grown right up through it all. And it wasn't anything huge and substantial. In fact, Gloria said you could reach, a child could have reached down and plucked it right out of the parking lot and it would have been easy to do. It didn't come up because it was strong or because it was sharp or because it had any special ability. It came up through that molten asphalt because it had one quality and that is it was alive. And life always reigns over that where there is no life. And Jesus Christ is saying to all of us today as we seek for the hope we need to have stable, positive, productive lives, Jesus Christ reaches out to all of us and he says, listen, I am the living God. I have overcome death and I want to live within you and give you the hope 
that you need to face the challenges of your life. And I say to you today, if you've never put your hope in God, you need to make that decision because that's where it begins. I can give you all kinds of psychological remedies for the hopelessness in your life, but if you do not know the risen Christ, then you cannot have ultimate hope in this life. You know, that's a wonderful reminder to us at the end of this series that all of these promises of help and hope, uh, overcoming obstacles, getting through trouble, these are promises for God's people. That means if you're not a Christian, uh, they're outside of your reach because they began with Jesus Christ in your heart. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, I hope you will take this opportunity to pray this simple prayer. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need to be saved from my sin. Please accept my sincere apology for my sin. And Lord, I ask that Jesus Christ comes to live within my heart and cleanse me from all my uncleanness. Give me the gift of eternal life. I want to be a Christian. I decide to be a Christian. Lord, thank you for hearing my prayer. If that's what this series has done for you, and you become a Christian as the result of it, what a blessing. We have material to help you. If you want more information about what it means to be a Christian and how to grow in Christ, just get in touch with us and we'll send it to you without cost to help you get started. I'm David Jeremiah. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to open the month of February with us tomorrow. We'll be here. I hope you will be too. Thanks for listening. Our message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. Let us know how Turning Point is impacting you by writing to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Sawasan, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or calling 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, Encouraging Words for a Discouraging World. Ten Biblical Promises to Bring Comfort in Chaos. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as Dr. Jeremiah and guest Sheila Walsh discuss the series Everything You Need on Turning Point. Do you believe Jesus is with you in every moment? One of the best ways to instill this truth is by spending time in reflection and prayer. Dr. David Jeremiah makes this easy with his new 365-day devotional called Walking with Jesus. This exclusive book is available for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a donation of $120 or more, you'll receive the devotional four-pack, perfect for gifting. Learn more when you visit davidjeremiah.ca. For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. I can't verify this number, but I read where someone has estimated that 35 million laws are on the books in nations around the world aimed at enforcing the Ten Commandments God gave to Israel. 35 million laws 
to enforce 10 laws. Are we missing something? First, the Bible says the Ten Commandments were given as a tutor to lead us to Jesus Christ, not to lead us to more laws. And Jesus himself reduced the Ten Commandments down to two, love God and love your neighbor. If we would focus on obeying those two, we would end up obeying the 35 million also. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's heart in God's laws on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.